morning, church. Today we will be reading from John chapter 5, verses 16 to 30. Before we hear God's word, let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you for giving us your holy living word, the Bible. We pray for Pastor Joseph that he will preach your word faithfully, and we pray that we will apply your teaching to our lives so that we can glorify your name. Amen. So, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, my father, is always at his My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honour the Son just as they honour the Father. Whoever does not honour the Son does not honour the Father who sent him. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. This is the word of the Lord. A very good morning to all of you. The Lord be with you. Now, we learned last Sunday that for Christians, evangelism takes a priority in our lives. We want others to know the good news of Jesus so that they too can receive the gift of eternal life. And learning from the Samaritan woman, uh, we said that the simplest way to tell others about Jesus is to share our testimony. Uh, we, you may share your story about how you came to believe in Jesus and how Jesus now means a whole lot to you because Jesus is now your Lord and Jesus is now your Saviour. Saviour because Jesus died for your sins and saved you from God's judgment by paying the penalty your sins deserved. 
Lord, because Jesus is God and therefore deserves your worship and your obedience. But suppose your listener asks you this question. Why do you believe that Jesus is God? Wasn't he just a good man? Wasn't he just a great prophet and an outstanding religious teacher? Now, this is what many today would say. They would say that Jesus was a man of great integrity, a man who is kind and loving, but he was still a man, not God. So how can we answer our friends, our families, uh, who may have doubt that Jesus is God? And this is where the passage this morning will help us answer the question. Because in this passage, Jesus himself defended his claim to be equal with God. So if you have your Bible with you, please open to the Gospel of John um, as we continue our study of chapter 5, verse 6 through to verse 13. Now, verse 16 tells us about the rising opposition to uh, the rising opposition of the religious leaders in Jerusalem towards Jesus. And so because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders begin to persecute him. You see, Jesus has been healing the sick and he has been healing the disabled on the Sabbath. And this has caused great offence to the religious leaders because the religious leader says that healing is work that is not permissible on the Sabbath. But Jesus has a legitimate defence for his actions on the Sabbath. So verse 17 reads, In his defence, Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. So what Jesus is saying is this. God created all things in the universe in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. But that doesn't mean that God remains inactive. No. God continues to work by holding the universe together. He keeps sustaining the world, providing for the needs of all living things, including the needs of humankind. So God is still at work. And if God does not take a break on Sabbath, neither does Jesus. And that is why Jesus says, I too am working. So in saying this, Jesus is claiming to be equal with God. And this is not lost on the religious leaders who are now even angrier with Jesus, accusing him not only of breaking the Sabbath, but also making himself equal with God. And according to Jewish law, Jesus has committed blasphemy. And the authorities therefore take it as their duty to kill Jesus. But Jesus does not retract his claim to be divine. Jesus does not, does not say to the angry leaders, uh, no, I, I'm sorry, I think you have misunderstood me. I was not claiming to be equal with God. No, Jesus is not at all apologetic. In fact, he doubles down his defense. 
And he's, he seems like he's saying to the religious leaders, look, yes, I claim to be God, and I will give you three reasons why I am equal with God. One, I do what God does. Two, I have the power to give life. And three, I have the authority to judge all people. So let us look at this, uh, at, the, at Jesus' three reasons in detail. So the first reason Jesus gives is that he does what God does. Uh, look at verse 19. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. Now, Jesus refers to himself as the son and God as the father. And this metaphor of the son and the father is first used in the Old Testament in regard to God's promise to Israel. And God had promised that one day in the future, a descendant of King David would be the Messiah. And the Messiah would save God's people from their sin and save them from God's judgment. And, God, and the Messiah would be God's son. And God would be the Messiah's father. And so we have already seen how Jesus has claimed to be the Messiah. And so Jesus is now using this term on himself. He refers to himself as the son and God as his father. And in using the father-son metaphor, Jesus emphasizes that the son does not work independently of the father. The son always works according to the father's will. Whatever the father does, the son does. So their actions are identical. And if their actions are identical, it means that the son shares the same nature as the father. And so Jesus says, he is equal with God. And Jesus is not another God who is different from the creator God. He is not a competing God to the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, or God of Jacob. No, he is the same God, the one and the same God as God the Father. So this raises a question. If Jesus and the Father are the same God, is there one God who appears in two different forms? Or are there two gods? Jesus and God the Father. Are there two gods? And so here we come to the um, idea of what theologians call the Trinity. That God is one, but he exists in three different persons. Three different persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now the Trinity, the word Trinity is not found in the Bible, 
but the idea, the idea is clearly taught by Jesus himself, as, as we will learn here in this passage. And it is important that we know about the doctrine of the Trinity because it is foundational to the understanding of who God is. And in this passage, Jesus teaches us about the Father and the Son. In a later chapter, Jesus would introduce the Holy Spirit as the third person of the Trinity. Now, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are not three different gods. Neither are they three different forms or three different manifestations of the one God, meaning that uh, God would appear as the Father in one instance and in another instance would appear as the Son. No, no, it's not like that. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three dif different distinct persons of the one head one Godhead. They are of the same substance, that means they are of the same nature, and they are equal in power, and they are equal in glory. And we distinguish the three persons of the one God by their roles they play in the salvation of mankind. You see, the Father in His love for humanity sent the Son to save the world, as John 3.16 tells us. And the Son, in His obedience to do the Father's will, went to the cross as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And the Holy Spirit applies the merits of Christ's death on the cross to our lives so that we are born again to receive eternal life. So all three persons of the Trinity are actively involved in the salvation of the world to redeem a people for God. But there is a hierarchy, there's an order in which the redeeming work is done. It is the Father who sends the Son, not the Son who sends the Father. And the Son obeys the will of the Father and not the other way around. And so what this means is that in the work of redemption, the Son is subordinate to the Father. And you may hear of theologians talking about the functional subordination of the Son to the Father. And this is what Jesus is referring to in verse 19. Jesus says, The Son does not do things on His own accord, but always does whatever the Father wills. Uh, and the Son does whatever the Father does. And yet, the Son shares the same being, the Son shares the same power. They are equal in power and equal in glory. So, what this means is that Jesus is equal to God or equal with God. And so this is the first reason Jesus, that Jesus does what God does. All right, we come to the second reason. The second reason why Jesus is equal with God is because He has the power to give life. 
So look at verse 21. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Now we know from a later chapter in John's Gospel that Jesus would raise Lazarus. He would raise Lazarus back from the dead. But Jesus here is not referring to restoring life after a serious sickness or serious uh, or fatal uh, accident, even though he has the power to do that. No, Jesus here is referring to the example in the Old Testament, in the book of Ezekiel, where God raised the dry bones of the dead and gave them flesh and new life. So this new life is the resurrection life. And the resurrection life is the eternal life that would allow us to live in the new world that is to come, which the Bible calls the new heaven and the new earth. So Jesus is able to give us this resurrection life. He says that he has the power to give us the resurrection life. Because like the Father, He has life in Himself. He has life in Himself. Now, you and I don't have life in ourselves. Our lives come from God. And the moment we stop breathing, we die. But Jesus is different. He has life in Himself, meaning He is self-existent. And he is able to give life, eternal life, to whoever he is pleased to give it. And so you may ask, who are these people whom Jesus is pleased to give eternal life to? It is those who will hear the word of Jesus. And we read this in verse 24. It says, Very truly I tell you, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. So the people that Jesus will give eternal life to are those who will hear the word of Jesus. And to hear the word of Jesus is to believe in Jesus and to follow him. It also means that we believe in God, the Father, who sent Jesus. In other words, we must believe in the Trinity. We must believe in the Trinitarian God. And sadly, there are Christians who do not believe in the Trinity. They believe only in the Father, but not the Son. And they therefore miss out on the eternal life that the Son has the power to give. So friends, we must believe in the Trinity. And as we have been learning in our study of Scripture, salvation is the work of the Trinitarian God. It is God the Father who first gives us the new birth. And only then are we able to put our trust in Jesus the Son. And when we put our trust in Jesus the Son, <clears throat> we cross over from death to the resurrection life. And we will not be judged. We will not be judged. 
So this brings us to the third reason Jesus gives for his claim to equality with God. Jesus has the authority to judge the world. So verse 22 tells us this. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son. Now there is a misconception among some Christians that there will be no judgment in the afterlife. And they cannot see how a loving God would punish people in hell. Furthermore, they say that since Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, everyone will be forgiven on the last day. <clears throat> but this misconception is based more on sentimentality. Of course, we all wish that there will be no judgment, don't we? But sentimentality uh, does not take into account what Jesus teaches. You see, it fails to recognize Jesus' teaching in this passage. And Jesus says, God the Father does not judge, but He has given all judgment to the Son. And the reason the Father gives all judgment to Jesus is because He is the Son of God. And we read this in verse 27. And He has given Him authority to judge because He is the Son of Man. So who is the Son of Man? Well, the Son of Man is the mysterious divine figure in the Old Testament book of Daniel who was led into the presence of God, the Ancient of Days, the, the song that we just sang, the Ancient of Days. The Son of Man is led into the presence of the Ancient of Days to receive authority, to receive power, and to receive glory. And then the Son of Man was given the exclusive right to receive worship from all people. And he was also given the exclusive right, the exclusive power to rule the world. And so Jesus says that he is the fulfillment of, the, of this mysterious divine figure, the Son of Man. And Jesus would often refer himself as the Son of Man. And so Jesus says that as the Son of Man, he has been given the authority from God to judge the world. And when will Jesus judge the world? Verses 28 to 29 tells us, do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear His voice and come out. And those who have done what is good will rise to live. And those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. So when will Jesus judge the world? At the end of world history. At the end of history, there will be the judgment. And all who have died will rise from their graves to be judged, together with those who are alive. And how will Jesus judge the world? Well, Jesus will judge all people 
according to whether they have done what is good or what is evil. Those who have done what is good will live in the new heaven and the new earth. But those who have done what is evil will be condemned to eternal punishment in hell. Now, doing what is good or what is evil is not about being a good person or a bad person. No. It has more to do with how we respond to Jesus. You see, earlier in chapter 3, Jesus is portrayed as the light that, has, uh, that shines into this dark, evil world. And those who do what is evil refuse to come to the light. But those who come to the light, they are considered to have done what is good. So your destiny and my destiny, whether we live or we are condemned, depends on our response to Jesus. If we believe in Jesus, we live. If we reject Jesus, we are condemned. Friends, we must not see this as a threat. No. We must see this as an urgent appeal to consider who Jesus is and believe in Him. If our eternal destiny depends on Jesus, then we must rightly respond to Him. Now, theologians have argued that if Jesus is not who He claims to be, then He is either a con man out to cheat people, or He is self-deluded like a mad man. So, who do you think Jesus is? He has given his defense to the religious leaders. He has told them the three reasons why he is equal to God. Do you think he is a corn man? Well, no one in the gospel accounts and no one in history has accused Jesus of being a con man. Do you think he is a mad man? Well, his teachings, his actions are always consistent and they make a lot of sense. So he cannot be out of his mind. So if Jesus is not a cheat and he is not deranged, then he must be who he claims to be. If Jesus is equal with God, our response must be to honour Him. And how do we honour Jesus? Let me suggest at least four ways. First, by believing that Jesus is God the Son. As the Son, Jesus obeyed the Father's will going to the cross to pay the penalty for our sin so that we may receive the gift of eternal life. So, honour Jesus by putting 
your trust in Him. Well, the second way we honour Jesus is by asking Him to keep working in our lives. Asking Jesus to keep working in our lives, to transform our lives, to be more and more like Christ, so that we may reflect the goodness and glory of God. Third, we honour Jesus by honouring the Father, giving thanks to the Father for sending His Son to save His people. And fourthly, we honour Jesus by telling others about Him so that at the name of Jesus, all peoples will bow to Jesus as Lord and Saviour, to the glory of the Father. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we, you have spoken to us in these last days by your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you appointed heir of all things and by whom you were also made the universe. And we want to honour Jesus as the Son, who is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. And may we ever be thankful to the Son in His obedience to death, even death on the cross, to set us free from the law of sin and death. And we are grateful that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. By the power of your Holy Spirit, please strengthen our hearts so that we may be blameless and holy when the Lord Jesus comes again to judge the living and the dead. And please continue to give us the opportunity and give us the boldness to share the gospel with our family and friends so that they too may believe in the Son and cross over from death to life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, in response, let's stand and sing Christ our hope in life and death.